0: The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest, I was just recently on his show actually, it's the Crypto Crow. And I want to tell you a couple of things about this man. He has taken himself from what's a very similar path to most people, I think, from a mortgage advisor straight into cryptocurrency, and he's grown a massive audience of over 70,000 on YouTube, a massive influencer in the space, and somebody with a deeper voice than I. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and thank you very much for your time today.
0: Hi. Thank you for
1: having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> well played. Well played. How are you doing, man?
0: I'm good. I'm real good. There's, there's been a lot going on, and... Um... Yeah, dude, I, I, there's just, there's just been so much stuff happening, and actually, and now I'm kind of pseudo playing Mr. Mom as well because my wife just took off to Chicago for a, like a big salsa dancing conference type. I don't know, they call it a congress where they for like four days everybody just salsa dances and takes lessons
1: dancing huh
0: salsa dancing (laughs) well she's a competitive ballroom dancer and she's phenomenal like she's really good she's like a former gymnast personal trainer she's all about just being active like she's just you know she's just a badass chick but you know and I'm just the big ogre that follows her around everywhere (laughs) (laughs) and I don't dance
1: I make money moves <laughs> well, mate. Look, let's kick off with a little bit of your background. I mean, tell tell us about your journey into the space. I mean, you, you, from what I can see, it was uh, two thousand and seventeen uh, during December of two thousand and seventeen. So, what were you doing before? What caught your eye at this market, and what drove you to uh, to start talking about it online?
0: Um, to try and, I guess, nutshell my background. I used to have a record label back in the day. Then I got into MMA fight promotion. I did that for six years, and then from there, I actually got into the mortgage business because it was a perfect fit. And um <laughs> You know, I, I I was breaking a lot of records in sales in the mortgage industry and and I uh, was actually, I ended up becoming a director of business development and then I was teaching other guys how to do what I was doing in other parts of the country for the company I was working for. And uh, then I ended up breaking off of that, became an independent consultant for mortgage companies, uh, really build a name as, as what they call it, a rainmaker in our industry. You know, basically I'd show up at a company's doorstep and just make it rain. and. Um, you know, I was pretty much able to write my own check for a while and um, and then I, I, I ended up being offered a job as the vice president of sales for a national mortgage company where my job was literally to develop new branches and hire people and train them and just teach them how, how to do what I've done. And that is when, uh, literally as I'm opening a new branch, uh, I discovered crypto. And I think it was, um, gosh, that, it wasn't much longer after that I ended up quitting my job and and started just diving into crypto full time and uh, it was a ballsy move. <laughs> uh, luckily it worked out for me, but um, you know, I, I, I was just, my daughters are always on YouTube and see, I'm looking at you, even though the camera, I should be looking at this camera, but I've got all <laughs> kinds of stuff. It's confusing probably for you too. Um, I'm used to looking at this one, but I've got a weird setup for other people's stuff. It's anyway. Um, so, You know, my daughters are always on YouTube and and, uh, they love it. And they're always watching all kinds of, you know, how to and how to do makeup and toy reviews and all kinds of silliness. And so I started and I at the time I was getting deeper into um, the traditional stock market, learning how to build a dividend portfolio. My late uncle, this is no BS, man. My uh, my uncles have been trying to get me to go on a camping trip with them for decades and I never went. And I finally go and I take my stepson, and we had a blast. And I, I saw all my uncles and my uncle Mike, who he's, you know, just the best dude on the planet. He's actually the second tallest in my family next to me. He was six foot 10. You're and, six uh, ten. Uh, yeah, he's six ten. I'm seven foot. Oh, jeez. Yeah, my other uncles are like six eight and six six. So they go, we, we, we tear down. Um, you should see us though at an Asian buffet that everybody gets scared. Um, but, uh, so, and, and he was teaching me all about, um, we, we had this big discussion about investing in things and how, you know, he could die tomorrow and my aunt would be set for life and she doesn't even know it yet. You know, because of all of the investment, he, he, he joined like the Motley Fool and literally said, I just do what they tell me. And, um, he makes a, he was making a really good income from dividends. And the thing of it is, he had an issue with this aortic valve in his heart, Ooh. and he knew he could literally die at any day. And um, after he had basically had this big discussion, he got me all charged up about investing, him and my aunt, it was a couple of weeks later, they flew to China for a vacation, and he died right there at dinner. Oh... Oh man, I I couldn't drive. I got the news in a phone call, and I had to park my car. I couldn't even stand up. i would lost it. I could lose it right now, even talking about it. But you know, he um, to make Matt add insult to injury, they tried to hold his body ransom for thirty grand cash. No bullshit. The Chinese government did this, and luckily, my uncle was pretty high up at Continental Airlines. And I guess the, the, the whoever some of the whatever big cheese like helped facilitate getting his his body flown back to the U.S. And they made a big deal out of it. They had the whole military. There It was like a crazy whole thing. Um, but the, the takeaway from all that is it was destiny in the sense that after decades of not going on this trip with my uncles, I go, I get inspired to get into the stock market, he passes on, I take what I learned in the stock market, and while I'm searching for elements of that to help me in traditional markets, I get exposed to crypto, and bam, the rest is history. It's completely changed my life drastically.
1: Wow, that's, so that's um, the story. That's heavy, man, thank you for sharing that. That's a, a deeply personal and a very sad story. I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, that's um, it's, it, it really is. A, there's a lot of ways in and, and that's a, a very interesting one, but it got you into the space. And yeah. what I want to know is, I mean, you, you started off, obviously, we, we know how you started off. We know why you started off. We know where you've been. We know where you are. Let's go from the beginning days. So, Kids are on YouTube. I've got kids too. Mine are on YouTube. I've, I've sort of stopped them now since that Momo character came out or whatever it is. I don't want them to freak out. There's all sorts of weird shit going on on YouTube, so I've cut that. But basically, um, you were sort of looking at that and going, okay, this is a thing. This is this is a popular thing. This is the new TV, right? Um, right. What made you decide to uh, to jump in and, and basically start from scratch and go, hey, I'm going to talk about this space?
0: Because... I've spent pretty much my entire life, whether I was in the music business or I was a, an MMA fight promoter or, I mean, uh, in the mortgage business, anything I've done, I've always been an educator. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and one of the best ways to learn is to teach. Mm-hmm. And so, because it drives you to learn more so that you have more to teach, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I got into cryptocurrency and I realized what a powerful thing this is, you know, I I knew that in order to, I knew instantly that this was something that was going to quite literally change the world. And I wanted to make sure as many people knew about it as possible. And, you know, I've done, you know, large, you know, I've had the, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the Better Business Bureau, but it's a big company here in the U.S. And, you know, they've actually paid me to go and train sales force, you know, their entire sales teams at different offices for them. I'm used to, speaking to people in mass and, and, you know, getting a reaction out of them, you know? And so it just felt natural to give it a shot on YouTube. And, and, you know, to me, I always looked at YouTube as kind of a joke, you know, like just some funny people wear stupid outfits and dance around. And yeah, (laughs) I never really truly realized that you can make a career out of YouTube Mm. and you know, I didn't start that way. I literally started my YouTube channel because I thought I'm going to be. I dude, I bought a million books and I've watched a million videos, and every day I'm learning new stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, one of the easiest ways for me to retain what I'm trying to learn is to repeat it. And so I go, I would go out on YouTube and I tell everybody, look, I'm no expert. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm just some dumbass on the internet. But this is what I learned today. And, you know, and, and, uh, and it just, it took off. And then when people saw that I had turned like $3,500 into 90 grand in 60 days going into ICOs, and I was explaining why I invested in this one, this one, and this one, and why I didn't go into that one. And that just started really accumulating a following. I mean, it, dude, during the bull run, I was getting 2,500 subscribers every day. And it was, wow. it was just, it was crazy. And I couldn't even keep up with I'm, I kid you not, my phone, because my phone, because of the mortgage business, people were looking me up and they're finding my number. My phone wouldn't stop ringing all day long and my, I would get a million text messages. So I would just, I would have to shut my phone down. And after a while, then they would blow up my Facebook and I would get, I'd still have countless Facebook messages that I had never even been able to go through. So, you know, and, and, and the whole time I never even used Twitter. And so then finally I realized, holy shit, I have 8,000 people on Twitter and I don't even use this for anything but spam. Like I used to use it to like build backlinks and things like that for, you know, stuff for SEO because I used to do websites and things. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a really long answer. But I mean, it's just it just felt natural and it it worked out.
1: Well, you're a good talker, and uh, I mean, that's one of the things. You've got to entertain, you've got to teach, and one of the things is being able to portray a message in a way for which is relatively simple so people can understand it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a fascinating journey for most people into this space, and you have, you have definitely got a huge following. So you've obviously done something very, very right. I wish I had started my channel back then. Uh, we were too busy trying to build a business. Unfortunately, that was one element that we missed out on. We've been, uh, We've been working ever since to try and catch back up again. Sorry. Yeah,
0: but to, to just so you understand too, I had like 80,000 followers on on YouTube. I've dropped down to 77,000 oh, since. Oh, wow.
1: big deal. You've lost you know, 3, huh? That's not yeah, bad. So. That's not bad in the winter.
0: Oh, well, yeah. Well, I know YouTube did a big purge and like completely like a lot of people were buying subscribers and things. Yeah, right. I didn't even realize that was a thing. And you and oh, okay. and did a video where they did all these. They showed all the YouTubers that basically got sent to zero because their entire following is fake.
1: So, how does that work? So, people. I guess buy, there are oh, there by, are by the number by the number.
0: Yeah, there are right, companies that you can pay. I guess to so like, I want a thousand subscribers, and they have these bots or whatever that they'll add to your subscribers. And up, it guys. And up it goes. And then they and then there are other and these bots post all kinds of botish comments and all kind and well YouTube did a purge recently and I was like, hmm, this is gonna be interesting. And I think I lost like four hundred subscribers.
1: Yeah, well um, that's good. You've got connected yeah, some people lost them. like their entire channel. So basically <laughs> talking to bots the whole time and looking big. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's a hustle
0: in this game, man. That's the thing.
1: And it's growing up. It's definitely growing up, and it's taking its time to grow up, and it needs to take its time. It needs to do it properly. We can't. We can't miss the boat here. We've got to make it work. And you know, we might have a little bit more pain. We might. We may do. But ultimately, I'm with you on this one. It's not going anywhere. You know, I threw everything that I was doing away and jumped into this full time. And uh, well, basically, started trading it full time, probably around December of November, December of last year. I was still. I started it in January. Sorry, July of 2017. It takes a um, special really kind of
0: man. Hey, Trade full time, man. I couldn't deal with the stress of it.
1: Well, it's, it, it is what you make it, man. Do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're going up, just so everyone's, uh, Jason's going through all the content at the moment. I've, I've given him the course to go through because I was on his channel recently. He was very interested in what I was saying. And look, you create the boundaries. That's the thing is that you decide what you're going to do. Now, I sit here, I've got four screens around me. I've got charts all over the place, but it doesn't mean I'm staring at them all day because I've got a, a process of elimination to find out my watch list. And let me tell you something right now. My watch list today is, there's six on it. And one of them is a non-trading pair. It's one that I'm already in. I'm long Binance from, from about a month or so ago. So for me, there's not much like today. There'll be no trades today. There's no issue. I'll just work on other stuff and then I've got a meeting to go to catch up with. It's, it's not an issue. You're the issue. It's up to you to make it work around the way you want it to work. I think that's what you're going to, you'll pick up some of these bits and pieces. But look, we went through 2018, which was um, pretty painful for a lot of people. Yeah. Now you got in in December. So you went through that ICO boom, of course, unless you sold everything, you you've probably seen a depreciation of the portfolio value as I have in my investments as well. A question. What was your biggest takeaway from the crypto bear market of two thousand and eighteen?
0: My biggest takeaway. What did you um, learn the
1: most from? <clears throat>
0: interesting. Um, I think. I think, if anything, oh God, there's so. It, that's so loaded because there's there's so many <laughs> takeaways. I mean, this past year has been the most. Uh, crazy learning experience ever. I mean, I went to school this year, you know, and so, um, and I'm still in school, I'm still learning every day. I'm like, I showed you all these books, I'm literally, yeah. I've got all this stuff cracked open. I'm reading, I can never just read one book. Books are like chocolate chip cookies, you know, I can't just have one or potato <laughs> chip, <laughs> and um. You know, it's funny. I was watching something on Mike Tyson recently, and he said, a room without a book is like a body without a soul.
1: Whoa. Exactly. I was he like, says, that came from Mike he, Tyson. Th- says he now.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, touche. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Custom, Custom Auto might have said that to him a long time ago for all I know, but I still, I was like, oh, that is so true. So it's anyway, bad. I mean, I think my biggest my biggest takeaway – is to um, really do your homework uh, because you know it's so easy for people to get caught up in what other people think and what other people are doing and those people rarely have a clue what's going on because they're following other people. And it <laughs> only takes one voice to stir up a crowd, to stir up a mob, to stir up a whole community of people and it's like it very easily be the blind leading the blind. Mm. So, you know, don't ever invest in a project specifically because me or anyone else thinks it's great. You have to come to that conclusion on your own and, and you never, and, and I know this is the biggest thing, you never invest more than you can afford to lose. And I think the reason, people don't understand why that's actually the case. People hear that all the time, but they don't understand what the true meaning of that is. Of course, you don't want to invest more than you can afford to lose, but it's not because you're expected to lose that money. It's because if you invest more than you you can afford to lose, you're going to make bigger mistakes. You're going to make more mistakes or you're not going to be as patient as you need to be. And it's going to force you to sell your positions at a loss because something random happens you weren't preparing for and you're thinking, oh my God, I just invested $1,000, I don't really have, I can't afford to lose it, I gotta sell it and I gotta get that $600 back before Mm. it goes to zero. And that's really not the case. But so many people, they jump in, they don't know what they're doing, they see something bad and then they jump out at a loss and that is why they call them weak hands or dumb money because dumb money doesn't do the research necessary to become
1: smart money. <laughs> mm.
0: and, Those are some of my biggest takeaways from the past year of everything I've seen.
1: And it's all about emotion. It's, it's an, you've got to be unemotional. And I, I was speaking with uh, Doc Severson just, just before, just earlier this morning, another trader. And um, we were talking about how, you know, there was a generation um, that missed out on, on, on coming into investing. Um, But, you know, that 2008 occurred, it was scary. No one wanted to be involved. The parents were hurt. All this, and it was the millennials. They were the ones that watched this as, you know, teenagers or whatever. They watched it come up. They might have been, you know, 10, 12, 13, whatever it may be. Now, we're 11 years on from that. Now they're in this market in their early to mid-20s, right? Then they're going into crypto. And it's their first foray into new markets. And the expectation that they have set is about, I want to do a 3x on my money every single freaking month, right? But if they went through that 16, 17 runs, that's what they're expecting and that's what they're seeing. Now, what you've said is, is, is so on the money in the sense of accountability as well as emotion coming into that. What you said about, you know, don't just go and buy something because somebody said to buy it. Uh, mm-hmm. This was happening left, right and center. And people were doing really well. But what would happen, there'd be a cycle that would continue. And what they do is they go, I'm going to go and follow this bloke. And then all of a sudden, they'll take a trade or buy this, you know, this this token. It goes up and they're like, yeah, that guy's the best guy in the world. Yeah, yeah, everything's fantastic. I'm so smart. Yeah, Ooh. And then the next one wouldn't work out. And they'd go, Oh, I'll move to the next person. Then they right. follow, oh, okay, yeah. And it would just be a revolving circle. And then when it all went to shit, they'd be like, it's him, it's her, it's this person. So, like, well, hang on, they didn't make you do anything. You're the one that needs to be held accountable here. You're the it's only one person that can make your decisions, and that is you. I think that 2018 drop. Uh, for people that weren't savvy to trade, and look, there's been there are margin options out there. I want to say options, I don't mean literal options. I mean, there are margined options to trade with leverage, right? So we can trade short. You can hedge your portfolio. You've got to know how to trade, of course. But people weren't so interested in learning. They just wanted to follow. And the more YouTubers or the more Facebook or the more um, Twitter followers you had, apparently the smarter you were, which would make Kim Kardashian probably one of the smartest women in crypto, right? Mm -hmm. There's no logic around it.
0: It's funny how that works. Right. And realistically, it's almost, and, and the typically a lot of the people that have the biggest followings tend to be the most ridiculous, which yes. is one of the reasons why people like watching them. Yeah. But I think that and then they blur the lines between entertainment and popularity and actual aptitude.
1: Mm. That, <laughs> so, well, that's right.
0: Yeah, that's how I got big.
1: <laughs> well, look, you're honest, and I'm happy for that. Now, I want to delve into what you're doing. <laughs> oh shit, that's good. All right, <laughs>
0: touché, touché.
1: I want to go into what you're doing now. All right, mm-hmm. so we've gone through eighteen. You've, you know, 2018. It uh, was a big year for you growing uh, throughout that December run it, through January's where you picked up your followers, you're educating yourself, you're educating them, you're becoming a big deal, and you're building yourself into this crypto hemisphere, uh, or sphere, I should say, and, and, and doing some, some good stuff, right? So here we are in 2019. What's your focus for this year? What are you working on? And what's, what's the real driving force for you now?
0: Selling everything hookers and blow. That's... <laughs> That's it. That's all. I'm, 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 I'm early forties. You know, I'm ready to have my heart attack and move on. I've, I've accomplished everything. Uh, no, I honestly, I, so I, I've been working on launching an exchange. Um, and, and which has been a very, I actually have a call, uh, scheduled for the 27th between my lawyers, myself and the SEC. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I you know, it's like I, I want to. And I told my lawyers, I said, look, I, we need to open up dialogue with the SEC. I want to make sure that we're doing things properly. Yep. Um, and, you know, I want to build a relationship with them. I You know, it's like a lot of people out there, they, they they want to paint the SEC as this evil monster. And look, I have been very critical of how they've handled a lot of the regulation up to this point mm-hmm. as well with all of these vague guidelines that make no sense, stirring everybody in mm-hmm. circles, scaring the shit out of everybody getting you know pushing everybody out of the country you know like I haven't been too happy with that but I also feel that there's there are two things and and not that I'm some answer to all questions or prayers but I'm hoping that by and and I could be completely naive I'm the first to admit this uh for all I know the SEC we're gonna have this call and they're gonna be like well you're doing it wrong go die like I don't know right um But my hope is, A, there are so many unregistered exchanges out there that really shouldn't exist. Mm. And there, there are so many exchanges out there built solely from greed, and they do a lot, all the wash trading and all the shady activity, and you just, I don't trust any of them. And to the point where it kind of angers me that there are so many of these exchanges out there making so much money off of the backs of people with all of the shady tactics they're using to do so, and I feel it has to stop. And I also believe well, there's going to come a day when the SEC's going to send that sweeper truck down the road, and a lot of these guys are going to be gone. Just yep. Back. And so I thought, if I truly believe that, I should open an exchange, try to do absolutely everything, you know, the, the, the regulation and the compliance and the you know mm. all of that stuff. Do everything properly, so that when that happens. I'm sitting pretty amongst the top 10 of exchanges in the world. And then that'll allow me hopefully to do the things that I really want to do. And, and <clears throat> here's the thing. I've been poor. I've had nothing. I've, I, I'm a high school dropout. I started my first company out of high school. Okay. And, and everything that I have is because I've earned it. I didn't steal it and I never sold my soul for a dollar. And that's always been a thing for me. Mm. But Now that I've had a very good year or year and a half, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, this kind of life-changing moment, I realized one thing. You know when they say money can't buy happiness? Yep. It's true. Mm -hmm. I have money now. I have a beautiful home. I have a beautiful, really fast car. And I don't really even give a shit about any of it, to be quite honest with you. Mm. I really don't. And it's like, in the grand scheme of things, I'm 41 years old. Had I accomplished this stuff 20 years ago and I was running around chasing tail, I'm sure it would allowed me to have a hell of a lot more fun. But I have a family and a wife and I have a whole lot of other things that are much more important and the money just doesn't matter as much. All I really want to do is I want to make enough money so that I never have to think about the word money again and I ultimately want to start focusing on things that are more uplifting. And, and, and I'm hoping that you know, something like an exchange will empower me with the ability to do a lot of the things that I feel will actually give my life more meaning outside of just spitting stuff on YouTube and and talking to people about investments. There are enough people that do that. There are not enough people that are really, truly trying to change the world and make it a better place. And so that's that's ultimately what I'm hoping for. We'll see how it works out. I could just get fatter and grow old, die of a heart attack and all this is nothing. So we'll see.
1: Do it with a smile on your face, and you're a winner anyway, man. Well, look, I respect that you're obviously very passionate about it, And that's, um, that's, I mean, you know it as well as anybody else, mate. That's what gets you there. You, you can't, if you're doing something for money alone, then it's not going to drive you when it gets really hard because you're just going to chase that money somewhere else. Um, you know, if, if you want a quick buck, then go and get a quick buck. But you're probably going to not end up doing as much for as long. Uh, and you'll probably create some enemies along the way. Doing something right for a good cause. That's a whole different kettle of fish. And uh, so what's the plan for the exchange? I mean, is it, is it set up? You, you, I mean, you're, you're obviously working through the process because you're speaking to the SEC. But when, when are you hoping to launch and go live? And, and, and can we find out more about it anywhere?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the website's uh, it's HTTPS, you know, colon slash slash Crow's Nest X. That's Crow's Nest X is the name of the exchange. Um, it's literally just a placeholder page right now subscribing to the newsletter. Uh, there'll be a new landing page coming soon. Testnet is expected to be ready to launch in three to four weeks, and then we're going to run um, testnet beta. To, you know, if there you know if there are any bugs or any of that kind of thing, we're going to probably run that for two weeks, and then we'll mm-hmm. go live. Um, you know, we we we've been fortunate enough to establish some pretty strong partnerships. So you know, one of the partners, you know, to launch an exchange, you you need to have, you know, depending on what you're planning to do, you either need a broker-dealer license, which are really expensive and really difficult to maintain, mm-hmm. um, or you know, money transmitter licenses in every state that requires one, or any country that requires one. And luckily, we found some ways. We partnered up with a a national banking institution that's federally regulated and. Um, nationally chartered and all that, and they're basically handling all of the things that will allow us to operate throughout the United States. So it it will only initially be a U.S. based exchange where mm-hmm. it's only, and we're not going to be trading securities. We're we're going to be focusing on utility tokens, and those are these are all elements that are going to be part of the conversation that we have with the SEC as we open dialogue with them to ensure. You know, we're dotting our I's and crossing our Ts, and the structure and the foundation we're establishing is all legit. I don't want any surprises. Um, and I, you know, I, you know, a lot of people say it's better to beg forgiveness than ask permission, and I think when it comes to the SEC, it, it's really the other way around. Uh, yeah. You know, so that's that's what we're doing, and and there are some other services that we're looking to to potentially offer. Uh, you know, people are going to be able to deposit through ACH uh, or wire. Uh, using fiat. Um, and uh, there, there are a lot of other things too that we're working on. I I, I don't want the exchange to be the same as any, ex- every other exchange out there. Um, but some of those things are going to take time. Yeah, um, And some of it's going to be a matter of, you know, just working out the legalities and the compliance issues associated with some of this stuff. So I don't want to give it all away yet, but I'm working on some really interesting stuff that I think people are going to really like.
1: Well, I'm keen to hear more about that when we're off air. Rattle your brain a little bit more. But before we go off, because obviously we need to know where we can find out more about you, we know where we can find out more about uh, CrowsNest.x, right? CrowsNestX.com. Sorry, CrowsNestX.com. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Where can the people that are listening and watching this find out more about you? Pornhub.
0: That's probably the best place to find out.
1: No. <laughs> I don't know who your listeners are. This is
0: probably completely inappropriate. I should be on Howard Stern, I think. That's probably more. Uh, no, um, where can they find out more about me? Uh, just honestly, probably my YouTube channel. My entire life is displayed on my YouTube channel. Uh, but, you know, I have jasonappleton.com, uh, but it's, it's very watered down. I haven't updated it in a long time. It used to be a WordPress site and I got tired of seeing 60,000 hack attempts every day.
1: Oh, was BPS attacks?
0: Oh, just everything, man. I, it's like, I I just said, you know what, screw it. You know, I, I'm just gonna throw up an HTML landing page and, and because it's HTML, I can't really log in easily and just make changes. It's a little bit more of a process, so uh, what's up there is what's up there, but um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty, I mean pretty much my my YouTube channel. Um,
1: you so know, what's your YouTube channel? Um, Crypto Crow. Yeah, just Crypto Crow. And the same on uh, Twitter.
0: Uh, actually, I'm at Jason Appleton on Twitter. All right. Because uh, okay. I've had that account for a decade. So and you know like um, on Telegram, I'm at Upstager. I'm not Crypto Crow anything really on Telegram. So all my impersonators, they're all some form of Crypto Crow, and none of them are me. So on jasonappleton.com, I show here's my real Twitter. Here's my real telegram. Right. Here's my real contact information,
1: except for the hackers got in there. And now they've put all the fake accounts in, and I'm not actually talking to Jason Appleton at all. I'm talking to some seven foot imposter,
0: right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, dude. I get emails all the time from companies saying, I just want to confirm that we're talking to you right now. Wow. I'm like, no, you're not talking to me because man, the I'm
1: fake sorry. one would say no, right? That's a no, no, this is the fake account,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's. It's crazy to me. A lot of people, they think it's a good thing that I have so many people trying to pretend to be me. And I'm like, no, it's not. Because then I get emails. Hey, we just wanted to confirm you got the Ethereum we sent you. I'm like, it's not me. I didn't get anything, sorry.
1: (laughs) Oh, Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, I appreciate your time. I know it's late at night over there, so thank you for being on the show today. I look look forward to speaking to you again in the future and, and tracking how the exchange goes. Jason Appleton, the Crypto Crow on YouTube. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much once again.
0: Thanks. I appreciate it. Crow your coins. Cheers, guys.
1: Bye for now. The Trader TraderCobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and
0: tools can be found at TraderCobb.com because experience matters.